Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths, and welcome, welcome to our show. We hope you're having a great week. Denise and I are just going to kind of chat with you about the life of an intuitive, and we're going to hope to share a lot of really hands-on tips you can start to employ right away to increase and enhance and practice your own intuition. But before we dive into some of those tips, Denise, I just had to share with you this thing that happened to me earlier this week. And I wonder, I, I know it's happened to you before, but I just wonder if our listeners can resonate with this as well. This is when random people come up to you and just start telling you their whole life story, right? Right. So earlier this week, my daughter and I, we had to go to the post office and the grocery store. And so she waits in the car because I've got all my packages ready and I'm just trying to run into the post office and drop off these packages and then head to the grocery store and get home to make dinner. So I get out of the car and I get my bundles and there's a woman standing in front of her car and she goes, hey, ma'am, ma'am. And I'm like, oh, please, God, please don't be talking to me. I kept walking and she calls me again and I go, me? And she said, yeah, you come over here. And I was like, what in all of heaven's glory is this? So I walk over and she says, look at this, look at this miracle. I've called the news and and I'm looking at her car and and this woman standing, I'm not seeing a miracle. There's no angel sitting on the hood. And so I said, "Uh, I'm sorry, what am I supposed to be seeing? And she points to a spider who's holding on to a baby caterpillar. And she said, this little guy landed on my windshield in my driveway with this baby caterpillar and hung on the entire drive to the post office. Isn't that a miracle? (laughs) I don't know about you, Denise, but does that constitute a miracle in your eyes? Uh, No. 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 It's like the potato chip or Jesus and the toast, right? Well, even if she had said... I think this is a sign for Mother Mary. I may have gone with her, but I said, well, I think this is just nature, to be honest with you. And and I'm kind of worried about this baby caterpillar because the world needs more butterflies right now. I said, do you, do you mind if I try to save the baby caterpillar from the spider? And she said, well, wait, let me take a picture first for the news. Oh, my. Okay. So she takes a picture. And I tried to retrieve the baby caterpillar and put it on a little leaf of a bush outside of the post office. And I really hoped I did not bother her. And of course, she starts telling me about all these other quote unquote miracles she witnessed. Thankfully, I was able to extricate myself and move on to the post office. So I get in the car and I can't stop laughing. And I'm telling my daughter about this. And we think this is just the strangest thing. And then we go to the grocery store pick up my things for dinner. I'm in line. I only have like a couple of things, but the guy behind me has only one thing. So I'm like, sir, if you want to go ahead of us, please feel free to do so. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. I have had the worst day. And instead of checking out his one item that I let him go in front of me for, no, no, no. He proceeds to have a full-on therapy session with me. Oh, Chloe says to me, as we're walking out, she says, mom, this kind of weird stuff happens to you all the time. Is this because you're psychic? 
Mm. So that's my question. Do you have weird people, well, not weird people, but weird situations fall into your lab where people feel that they could just call you over or tell you their whole life story or just dump their problems on your lap? Yes. A very resounding yes. Much less so since I'm not in a public setting, like working in a public setting or going to people's homes all the time or, or that kind of thing. But I think so many of us have that happen and you don't want to be rude and you don't want to be disrespectful, but it's almost like we have a, a, a flashing light on our head. Here I am. Here I am. Come pick me. Tell me your story. I'll make you feel better. I'll help you feel better. Can't make anybody feel anything, but you can help them feel things, right? right. <laughs> it has to be something that we are emanating because I used to think it was because I walked around trying always to smile, right? Because I kind of have RBF and people would say like, are you okay? So now I just try to smile a whole lot more when I'm rushing through my errands. But on this day, I was not smiling. I was not making eye contact. I was not initiating conversations. I was on a mission to get these two errands done. And here I encountered these people who just felt the need to share really strange stories with me. Okay, but don't you find that there are some people who fall in the too much information category? They tell everybody they're everything. Yes. And I'm old New England, so I'm pretty pretty conservative with what I tell people about my personal life. So or just I think that's just the way I, I'm I'm wired. Uh, but some people and and haven't you had similar situations where people will start telling you things and you're thinking, "Oh dear god, why are they telling me this?" Yes, that does happen to me quite often. And sometimes though, it's a welcome thing. A couple of months ago, I was in the grocery store and I was rushing because I had to get food over to my mom's and then, you know, make her her meals. And this old, old man was in a wheelchair in the uh, frozen food aisle. And he said, Miss, do you mind helping me get, you know, these frozen foods from the top shelf? And of course, you know, yes. And he and I ended up talking for about 30 minutes. It turned out that he fought in World War II and the Korean War. And he just needed to tell me those stories. And I was honored to hear them because really, how many more chances do we have to hear firsthand accounts of World War II? So sometimes it's a very welcome thing when people want to share. Yes. And that's very interesting because this morning I opened up an email and the person who, it was a newsletter someone sent out, and she was she recently lost her mother, who was, she had a very full life. But she said she was the keeper of the stories, and now I've fallen into that role of being the person who knows the family history, the stories, the ancestral line. And when we lose the people who know the stories and the real accounts, and that's happened with me in my own life as far as I'll find a picture or I'll be thinking about something. and the people who would know the answers aren't here on the planet anymore. It's very humbling when you think about that, but I would have done the same exact thing, especially with older people. Or yeah. if or if there was someone who was young and harried and confused and overwhelmed, that's different too. But just the people that want to spill their bucket just because they like to tell everybody everything, not so much. Yeah, not so much. And it it just depends. I mean, sometimes... Like I said before, it does feel like an honor to hold space for someone. Oh, 100%. You know, and, and other times 
I feel that some people aren't reading the cues of someone trying to rush through their day. I don't know, but I just feel like it's something that has to be connected with our, our innate empathy that people sense. Okay. Here's someone that I can talk to. Well, if you think about it with your auric field and everything is held in our auric field. So that's what we're doing as, as intuitives, as empaths, as sensitives, as psychics, is we're picking up on the energy that's held around someone. And that's going to be the, the four cat, you know, everyone in the auric field is going to hold mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical aspects of who they are. So I wonder if on some level, we're radiating that out at a different frequency that makes it more amenable for people to connect to it. That makes very, very good sense. That was very scientific of you. Good job. <laughs> So what are some things that you do every day to engage your intuition? Oh, number one, journal. Always, always, forever, for always. That's been my, my go-to because I will spill and purge and write and, and all of those things first thing in the morning. But then what I found over the years is the last little bit is usually insightful. So it's clearing out all the, the jumble and just letting it go, letting the things, oh, this annoyed me, or I'm so happy about this. Just those day-to-day things that we that might bog us down or that we want to express. And honestly, the reason I started doing that was because I was so, so shy that I had a hard time communicating what I was really thinking and feeling. I was very, very hesitant to, to um, talk to other people. So that's why I started journaling many, many, many years ago. But now I feel as that once you get into that flow, a lot of times you're, it, it's similar to automatic writing, but because you have that relationship in place of trust when you're journaling in the morning. So I'd say that's my number one thing. That's a great tip. You know, Denise and I are thinking about incorporating some of the artist way into some upcoming shows. And so I was going through the book and I was thinking, you know, morning pages, that's hard for me because when I've tried it in the past, I tend to just focus on what I have to do that day. Mm-hmm. And I write all that down and then I get anxious and then I just stop journaling because I'm like, I, I got to get started on this list. So instead, I've started just pulling a tarot card a day and I just journal about that card and what it brings up in me. And that's, I don't know if that's following the artist way in the morning pages, but it does help me stay focused on just my own space instead of what I have to do. See, I used to pull tarot cards and do, oh, a three card or the energy of the day, or, oh, I don't like what this deck said. Let me grab another deck and see if it agrees. And for probably the last quite a while now, I'll use an Oracle card in the morning. And I have a lot of different Oracle decks and I'll just pick one. And I might pick one to back it up, but I found that just having that one card to focus on around the energy of the day. And then if it doesn't resonate or if it feels like I need more information, then I'll, I might use the tarot or, or a pendulum or another Oracle deck to see if I can get more information. But I, I love that practice of just something as part of your morning routine to help you welcome the day and, and get some clarity on what might, what you might need to be aware of. Yeah. And sometimes a card will pop up and it doesn't match the day at all, but Mm -hmm. it might match what's going on inside of you. It might match 
something that's connected to an individual you're going to work with or encounter that day. And so it's always interesting just to see what comes up around that. So I don't know, for me, it's a nice way to just focus on my journaling rather than just letting the faucets go. (laughs) Yes. I think another part for you is you're a night person. I am a night person, but again, I can't journal at night because then then I might be awake all night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have that's a really important point though, isn't it? When you think about it, if it's just going to put you into a spin, then it's not serving the purpose of, of connecting or bringing peace and, and interconnection with yourself or higher self. Yeah. I think you have to be really aware of who you are, what time of the day you flourish the best, but also what season of your life you're in, you know? And if you're in a very busy season of your life, don't push yourself necessarily to do all these things we're supposed to do. Do you ever think about that? If we did everything we're supposed to do every single day, we'd have no time to work or breathe or live. You're so spot on with that because all the years I was teaching, being a single mom, running back and forth when my mother was ill, all of those things, I literally had 10 or 15 minutes to journal. And I I made it sacred and I did those 10 or 15 minutes, but it used to be, and and I was so funny. I was thinking about this the other day is I, on Sundays, I would gift myself with just journaling for 45 minutes or an hour. And because time is different and you, you, again, a really good point seasons of your life. Now I can, I've worked it into my day to be able to do a longer journal in the morning because I don't have to get out the door. So it's changed. But if if there's something that brings you peace, solace or comfort or feels like a lifeline when the world is upside down, even 10 minutes can make the world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or it doesn't have to be every day. It could be just on Sundays, like you said, and that could be your sacred time that week. But I think taking that pressure off ourselves is really, really important, not only as empaths, just as, as human beings being in this world. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we journal and we look to our Oracle decks or our tarot cards. What else do we do in our daily life for our intuitive development? Uh, I think being conscious, you can almost put quotation marks around that, but being observant, being aware, using all your senses, studying human nature is an excellent way to become more intuitive because the more you learn about people and how they navigate or, or nature, and your connection with that, but being observant, being multi-sensory, I think is huge, huge, huge for intuition development. Oh, I do too. I do too. I had a woman years ago who was in a play group that met at a gymnastics center and all the moms would hang out and talk and the kids would play. I just defined a play group. I realized that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, one of the moms would just brag the entire time. Oh, and- Sometimes it was humble bragging, but usually it was just out and out bragging. And it just got on my last nerve because she just had no empathy or compassion or a sense of understanding of any of the other moms and what the other moms were going through. It was just, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it bothered me that it bothered me. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It wasn't so much that was bothering me. It was the fact that it was bothering me because I always think about what I think it's Carl Jung who said whatever bothers you about someone is an aspect of your shadow side. 
And you've known me a long time now. Like I, I'm not a bragger, you know? So I was like, no. what is this? So I did a meditation and just was really going deep within. And I asked my guides, like, why is this woman bothering me? And I remember hearing my guide say, that's how she hugs herself. Oh, and I just, I don't know. I, that woman and I are very good friends to this day and she still does brag and it really doesn't bother me because I think now like that's how she hugs herself. That's, we all need a way that we can pat ourselves in the back and be like, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. And it just helped me to see her, you know, rather than judge her, it helped me to really see her and and have compassion and understanding for why she needed to have those, those braggy moments. And so I, I think as an intuitive, when we can be observant of human behavior and observe our reactions to that human behavior, it helps us to grow in so many ways. Beautifully, beautifully put. And okay, I just have to, I'm trying not to giggle because when you when you shared the in our last episode about your guide sounding like RuPaul, and yeah. I was thinking, it, it did it come through in the RuPaul voice? Because that's what I just heard in my head. <laughs> no, no, it came through in a very like matter of fact, almost like with the shrug, like yes, that's how she hugs herself, kind of like I, I love that. I love that though, and that's that's nice, and it yeah. does. Oh, yeah. And and that's why I think when you're in touch with your intuition and, you know, that I felt that that was my spirit guide. It could have been my higher self, uh, you know, whenever the message comes through and it resonates and it's truthful, and I know it's nothing I would have said, because let me tell you, my thoughts were not that my thoughts were who the hell does this woman think she is does she not realize <laughs> that the rest of us don't really care that you just spent $10,000 on a microwave and a and a new oven, you know, oh, so I know that message did not come from me, but after I heard it, I was like, oh, I was humbled. And, and that's the key. I think when it's intuition and not your own ego or your own mind, making it up, it's going to come in more spontaneous. It's going to come in. A lot of times it may not be something that you would tell yourself or do you find that as well? Yes. And it's usually one sentence or phrase like that. Sometimes it's an image. Sometimes I'll get nothing, but I'll have a dream that will shed light on it. So it's, um, I never want to present this view that every time I meditate and ask a question, I get a clear, concise, amazing, illuminating answer because that's just not the way it works in my experience. You know, sometimes that happens and I'm very, very grateful, but Many times I'm super distracted and I'm running this way and that way. And when I'm meditating, one dog is barking and my phone is beeping. And so just if you're trying to get inner guidance like that, just be patient and keep keep going to that well. And eventually you'll get you'll get the bucket of water that you seek. But it it might come in that meditation. It might come the next morning when you're journaling. It might come that night in your dreams. But the answer will come. And that's a really good point because I think as where anyone that's on this path or is sensitive or empathic or intuitive, we may fall into that trap of thinking we, we can't be human anymore. And the human part balances out all that other stuff. So yes. I was recently talking with some folks about chakra work and how you need those lower chakras to keep you grounded and in your physical body in order to be able to use the upper chakras to really connect with spirit. 
That's the key. You know, don't get me started on chakras, Denise. (laughs) I've done a lot of shows on chakras on psychic teachers, my other podcast, and those are our lowest rated podcast. I don't know what it is. People don't like to listen to chakra stuff. So I won't go down that rabbit hole because apparently you and I are the only ones who are like, yes, let's talk about chakras. But it really is the key to everything I feel with intuitive development. You've got to learn how to feel, sense, and work with your chakras. And yeah, those lower ones are the physical ones. They're concerned with all the earthly human stuff. Like, do I have enough money to pay my bills? Do I feel comfortable in my body? Do I feel worthy of success, love, and abundance? And if those are out of whack, nothing's going to get through the bridge chakra, the heart chakra that leads to illuminating and awakening and strengthening the higher chakras, which is where you connect with and strengthen your intuition. So it's all connected. It it is. And just to go science geeky a little bit, don't you find it fascinating as hell that behind each of those, those centers, and they're all interconnected and running up your spinal cord. So people say, Oh, my, my base chakra, my sacral chakra, that they're all independent, but they're not, they're all interconnected through your spinal cord, through that column. But behind each of those is a ganglia of nerves that connect with major organs, glands, uh, systems in your body. I I just think that is fascinating as all out. I do too. And the glands that each chakra is connected to completely matches with what the ancient yogis and adepts would teach us those chakras represented. Right. Right. So the Hindus, the yogis, and I'm old enough that I remember when yoga became, started becoming more mainstream and there were people that didn't think you should, there were religious concerns, there were other things. And also, you know, with Chinese medicine and bringing the chi up from you, you, you connect with the groundedness and you pull your chi up. How is that any, it, it just is, is my own thought, my own belief system there's a lot of concern right now on appropriation of traditional methods that people or or different parts of the country or parts of the world may practice. It's not really any different than taking that from the, the Hindu yogis or the ancient Chinese culture. It's the same exact thing. And I thought about this a lot, the things that are thousands of years old, that are so intrinsic to how we're wired and connected with all that is, I think that that's kind of the answer for connecting with your intuition as well. Yeah. The the knowledge has always been out there. Right. It's just us as the individual, we have to seek it. We have to remember it. We have to share it. We have to learn it, but it's always been out there. And I I do think it's fascinating to trace that and to see the overlap, you know, how all these different cultures who weren't connected, you know, before ships were invented and whatnot, they all knew this. But another thing I want to add to all the things you just said is how vitally important it is with all of these practices, with anything you're doing with your intuition and your higher self is to do it from a place of respect and humility, especially respect. Do you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, there's, there's old genes out there that a lot of people don't really reference anymore, but if you read the stuff um, from the 1920s and thirties, and I'm sure before the belief was, if you didn't respect this ability and use it with strong ethics, you would lose it. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I wish more teachers would highlight that because it is so, so important to not let your ego get in the way of this. Especially with the blessing of the interconnectedness of media, of Zoom calls and social media, newscasts that are, are live feeds and all of these things. We are, it's bringing us all together as a global community, but it's also feeding ego for some people to want to be seen rather than just doing the work on their own. And I don't mean that in a judgy pie pants way. No, it is, it is, you do see a plethora of that. And I think it's so important to remember that we as empaths, we're not learning to grow our intuition for any egoic reason, because that's, that's going to serve no one in the end. And, and really what we should always strive to do is to just learn and grow our own self, you know, to Uh thine own self be true. We have to really start to be intuitive for ourselves first. It's, it's a form of sacred selfishness in a way, I guess, but I think it's so important rather than taking a psychic development class and then just starting to do readings without having any practice or experience under your belt uh, to me, that's that's just not fair to you and your own soul growth or to potential clients you'll meet. And I, I just think it's really important to do that. And if you are doing this as a business, I, I also think that we have a responsibility and obligation to follow those, those codes of ethics and to encourage our clients to learn their own intuition and to seek answers within first before ever reaching out to a reader. I agree. Empowering people to find their own inner knowing is a huge part of, of doing this. It's all there. That inner knowing it's all there. It might be buried between heaps and piles of self-doubt and fear and stress and other people's opinions, but through meditation and awareness and just really ignoring all the distractions that life throws at us, you can peel all those layers apart. That's so well said. Well, thank you. I think it is so fun if you're going to learn to be intuitive more as you go throughout your day to call on and call into your life like-minded thinkers so that you can have someone to practice with. Don't you think that's really fun when you can you know, you could have someone and say, Hey, I'm so glad that we're hanging out and connecting about all this intuitive stuff. I don't know anything about your grandmother. Don't tell me anything about your grandmother, but just give me a photo of her and let me see if I can pick anything up or, you know, your grandmother's ring that you, that you wear all the time. Let me hold that and see if I can pick anything up. I think that is such a great way for people to start really in engaging with their intuition and their abilities. Yes, yes. Because And you and I have said this on and on and on so many times. Everyone can do this. Everyone has an innate ability to be intuitive. It may become more natural for some people than others, or it may be a stronger skill set, but it can always be developed and enhanced no matter where you are on the journey with that. I, I do believe that. I do too. And and remember too, quantum physics has thankfully proven this. Whatever you focus on expands, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you hear that a lot in law of attraction. You know, if you focus on debt, your debt expands. If you focus on lack, your lack expands. Okay. But 
if you spend time focusing on intuitive development, if you read books on it and you listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and documentaries and you read memoirs and biographies and how-tos and all that stuff, guess what's going to happen? Your intuitive development is going to expand. So the more attention, time, and focus you give to this, the more it's going to strengthen and really grow within yourself without you even being consciously aware of it sometimes. You know how that happens? You'll just kind of be going throughout your life and you're reading this book and taking that class and watching that video. And suddenly you have an aha moment, a synchronicity, an inner knowing, or a very impactful, empowering dream, or you actually hear from your guide in a meditation. It just, boom, it happens. And, you know, connecting with other people, and that's a positive thing about, you know, the interconnectedness we have with technology if you're somewhere where there aren't people that support the way you believe, or you're in a conservative area, or it would impact your job or your community if people knew that you had certain beliefs or thoughts or, or connections with spirit or however you want to word that, knowing that you can reach out and find a community online or virtually. But And I think the other part to connecting with other like-minded people is it helps you gain more clarity and insight and validation. I get a little bit of concern sometimes that even people who are working with development circles or they're taking the classes or but they're they're doing work on their own and not going back to the chakras again they're not balancing it out with being present in their human body and they're always in that place of juju and woo woo and all of those things sometimes you may convince yourself you're getting something that isn't really accurate and true and and connecting with someone else may help validate that or let you get more insight on it. Yeah, that I've seen that happen. I know you have too. And that's why I think if you are going to seek out what I call your spiritual tribe, I think you do have to do so with two partners, one called discernment and one called prayer. So always pray to your higher power, your creator, that the right people come into your life at the right time, you know, so that you're always setting that intention, not just to meet fellow like-minded intuitive thinkers, because you could meet them and they're not super grounded and not the best for your highest healing good, but to set the intention to meet like-minded thinkers on the intuitive path who are grounded and practical and supportive and you know, really well-balanced and then to always be discerning and, and think, is this true? Is this, is this really true? What a person is saying, what a teacher is telling you, what a book is revealing, what you think a sign is telling you always, always, always question that. Right. And if it doesn't resonate with you, there's a reason. So that's another sign of your, of developing your intuition is Everyone is saying, oh, this person is so amazing and read this and look at this and watch this video. And you do and you're like, doesn't feel right, doesn't resonate. My BS filter is really clogged with this person. That's you trusting your intuition as well. And it just takes one person. This is something I used to tell my class all the time when I taught English. I would say, look, guys, you don't know me. I don't know you. I don't, you know, so you guys have to keep me in line and I have to keep you in line. So if I'm going too fast, if I'm covering too much, it just takes one person to raise his or her hand and say, Miss Faye, slow the hell down. And I'll, I will. <laughs> <laughs> 
But haven't you found that in, in life? I remember when I was taking my intuitive development class and I just did not feel that the teacher was being, you know, as grounded and supportive as she could be. And, and I simply voiced that concern very kindly to the rest of the class when we were all walking to our cars and everyone was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. I didn't know. That felt really weird. And I don't know what that last meditation was. I don't know what kind of energy she's working with. And I was shocked oh. that we all were feeling that way. And that's how we started our own group. And that's really when my development took off because without one central teacher, just a whole group of us exploring together, we were able to really do some great things together. So it just takes one person. And that one person might be you who just says, eh, I don't know about this. (laughs) Because this does work in tandem. When you develop your own intuition, you're going to be more connected with the energy of other people, going back to the auric field stuff but also spirit. And in uh, Laura Lynn Jackson's book, Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe, she gives a whole list of really pretty common ways that spirit, your higher self, those in spirit will get in touch with you. You know, and we've all had these birds and butterflies, deer, you know, electrical events or things with your phones or technology, coins, rainbows, pictures, slogans, billboards, magazines, license plates street signs, music and songs, feathers, ladybugs, numerical sequences. And I guess the reason I read that was because those are kind of default things that we might all say, oh my gosh, every time I think of my grandmother, I see a butterfly shows up. Or every time that I have an uncomfortable feeling, I'll see this number sequence, boop, boop, boop. I think that's another way that we're, we're meshing our intuition with spirit to get more clarity and understanding. Yeah. And, but again, do that with discernment. How many emails have we gotten from people saying, I followed all the signs and it led me into a horrible, you know, situation. Uh, I've told this story several, several times on the show that my mother-in-law always leaves us quarters. Mm -hmm. Well, I know they're from her because I see those quarters on special days. My, my middle daughter went to her prom on Saturday. And so, you know, we're getting ready all day, just getting her hair and makeup done. And, and I go into her bedroom when she's at the hair salon and I, I'm laying out her dress and her shoes and her jewelry for her. So when she gets home, it's, she's ready to go. And uh, I, I step on something and I look down and it's a quarter. Oh, and I just knew that was Maggie's way of saying, you know, I'm, I'm with my granddaughter today. Now, there was another time a couple of years ago when I was asking to see a hawk for a sign for something I was thinking about in my life. And I saw a hawk every freaking day. Like every day I saw, every, every day I woke up, there was a hawk on my fence. There was a hawk on the front lawn. There was a hawk on the neighbors. There was everywhere. Hawk, hawk, hawk. And I was like, huh, but something about it just made me go, this is too much of a sign. Like it was just a little in my face. And I thought, I don't know. So my friend and I are on our neighborhood walk and this hawk flies over. And I said, son of a gun, I've been seeing a hawk everywhere. And she says, well, let's follow him. So we followed his little path and we found the nest and it was like pretty much right behind my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really think that was a sign. That was just a hawk who lives behind my house. So you have to always really investigate the signs. Even in the Bible, it says to test the signs that that God gives us. So 
everywhere you look from any teacher, it'll, they'll always tell you, you know, don't, don't trust the first sign. Right. And that, again, it, it kind of mirrors the, the spontaneity of, of true intuition or when you got the message from, from your guide, it's coming in that at that level, not what is it when you, they'll say, concentrate on white cars. And then if you think about a white oh, car and you're driving and then yes, every car that it goes starts by with the P. Yeah. I can't think of the word. I can't either. Right yes. It's a scientific thing that you will see more of those cars. Right. So if your mind was, I need that sign for Hawk is on some level, are you more aware of them? And, and, and I think too, another factor for myself anyway, and I think for some other folks may be, you really want a certain income. You really want that sign. You really want to, so what is it when they say, if you flip a coin, it's not, if it lands heads or tail, it's what you're hoping it'll be when it's in the yes. air. Yes. Yeah, so, exactly. And so sometimes that can be more instructed than the sign itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to always taper any intuitive message with that true inner knowing. And it's hard to do when our inner knowing is saying, nope, I'm sorry, no matter how much you want this, it's not in alignment with your path at this time. And so often we will just push that aside because we don't, we don't want to deal with that answer. And I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention if when you have trusted your intuition or you've shared that with someone and it was discounted or ridiculed or you were told you didn't know what you were doing, it might take a little bit to build that back up, trusting yourself and trusting your, your gut. Take a little bit. Good Lord. That <laughs> Anytime that's happened to me, it's knocked me down for quite a long while. Well, the reality that's, is that's it hard. still does, but that's, well, yeah. one of, <laughs> I don't think we ever outgrow that one. No, I think that is always so, so hard. You have this like being hit by a wave and you got to struggle to get back up again. But the more it had, like the more, here's what I have found. When I was doubting myself, I encountered a lot of doubters. The more I've grown to trust myself and my intuition and where this information is coming, the less doubters I've encountered. Yes. So again, the inner world matching and aligning with the outer world. I think that's really important too. I think it's also pay attention to uh, moon cycles, cycles in your life, uh, days of the week, times of the day, there's usually a pattern, or for a lot of us, there's a pattern when around new moons, my psychic stuff goes off the chain. Huge, huge, big, big downloads, very connected, pulling stuff out of thin air. And then there are other times where it's it's just, it's not flatlined, but it's not as powerful or as strong or as connected. So it, I don't, Even, I mean, you're one of the most psychic people I know. You're highly, highly intuitive and connected. But don't you still have those times where it's a little bit muddy and cloudy? Yes, all the time. The full moon. Everyone's like, oh, the full moon. How intuitive, how psychic, how romantic. No, not for me. The full moon, I I have a very hard time sleeping on the night of the full moon. I have a hard time engaging intuition in the full moon. Um, which is counterintuitive to what I feel legend and lore tells us. 
Right. Yes, I do see the same stuff around the full moon. It depends for me. And again, not my forte. It depends on what sign it's in and and even what time of the year it's at, like what season it is. I know that sounds silly, but. No, 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 it doesn't at all. For me, the the one thing that blocks my intuition the most is where, like where, if, if I were a barometer, like, like where I am in, in my life, if, if there's, if there's not a lot in the tank of, of energy for me to give, I'm not going to be very psychic for you. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot of energy in the tank that I can give and share, I'm, I'm going to give you a really great reading. And so having to learn to have that balance in my own life and to really trust that I need to take time off to set boundaries and reacclimate my energy and ground myself. All of that has been challenging, but also very illuminating. Yeah. And, and I think if, if intuitives are really honest with themselves, I, I think most of them would agree with that. We, we have to give to ourselves first. And if we're stressed out, we're not going to be able to be the best intuitive we can be to help others. But the same goes for any intuitive work you're going to do for yourself. If you want to try using a psychic tool like a pendulum or working with crystals or psychometry, or you want to try meditation or chakra balancing, you can't really do it when you are hyper-stressed, low on energy, low on sleep. In those cases, you just need to take time to do something that fills you up. And I don't care what that is. You know, I really don't. Don't don't think you have to fill yourself up by gazing into a lapis lazuli and going off with the fairies. You know, like you can fill yourself up by watching Real Housewives of the Kardashians. I mean, (laughs) you know, to each his own, right? But really, there is such a thing as sitcom therapy. You can fill yourself up by going shopping or just going out into the woods and being with yourself. So it can be something spiritual. It can be something not spiritual, but whatever, whatever calms your central nervous system down, that's what's going to bring you back to center. And that's, what's going to help you have a good solid foundation for really engaging your intuitive side. Right. And if you have been on the receiving end of being with a a doubter, a narcissist, a someone who has discounted your connection or your level of intuition, be protective of that with yourself. And you you can practice with, you know, wondering if the phone rings and don't look at the caller ID and say, oh, I wonder who that could be. You can do that with silly things. What color is today going to be at work? Because we've talked about this before where, certain color vibrations match what the energy is for the day and you'll go to work and most of the highly sensitive people are all wearing the same blue or they're all wearing. And I, I, that's another great way to, to develop your intuition on a personal level is what resonates with my energy today. And then see if it, if there's anything else in your surroundings that, that is validating that for you. You know, if you're thinking about a song or you get a band and then all of a sudden you turn on the radio and there it is again. That's your intuition kicking in. You can practice this on your own without having to be subject to someone planting a seed of doubt. Oh, beautifully said, Denise. That is so true. 
And you know, what we give our time and attention to is what will grow in our garden. And so try not to give your time and attention to those doubters. And instead, do what Denise said and focus on fun exercises. If you're going into an office building or a hotel and you hit the up button on the elevator, plant yourself in front of the elevator doors you think are going to open first. Make it a contest if you're with your kids or friends. Like, I think this one's going to come first. Which one do you think? If you're going to the bank, you know, and there's a there's two lines at the drive-through, try to feel which line is going to go faster and put your car in that line so that you're putting action behind your intuitive feelings. All of those things are really helpful. When you're laying in bed at night as you're falling asleep, put a stone like amethyst or lapis or labradorite or sodalite on your third eye, uh, right right above your the center of your eyebrows and see if you can feel it kind of vibrating and pulsating as that crystal interacts with your third eye. So there's, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. Read the news. And if there's a story that really grabs your intention and you're not really sure how it's going to turn out, try to try to meditate on that and guess where it's going to end up. Do that with movies or dateline shows as well. You know, whodunits and try to try to figure it out before you get to the end. All of those things in every day are just are just fun little ways you can start to really practice, but also learn to trust your intuition. Yes. And and keep a little note of it, or you know, you're really good about encouraging people to keep a little notebook or journal to to track their hits that they get so that you can start to see that wow, I'm getting more of these than I realize. Uh, so that's something to consider as well. But you may also and this has happened to, I would probably guess most of the people listening, you're thinking of someone you haven't talked to in a long time and you walk into a store and they're there or they send you an email or you're, that's using your intuition. You're picking up on that energy that there's a connection between you and that person. Oh, that's such a good one. And if someone pops into your head randomly, I mean, there's no reason for it. It's not like a song reminded you of them or you know, someone asked, have you seen Amanda lately? Just they randomly pop into your head, give them a text, an email or a phone call, because you'll find that your intuition is usually doing that to get you to reach out to them for a reason. That happens to me all the time. How about you? Oh yeah. All the time. But it took me a long while to learn to trust that and act on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think of someone, Oh, I need to give her a call. And then I wouldn't. And then a week would pass by and, and, and they'd call me and go, gosh, I really need to talk to you. Know, blah, blah, blah. And I always think, oh, if only I had called them, they would have known I was thinking of them and I'm here for them. So it took me a while to learn to act on that. Okay. So then we, we have to add in the part, if people do know that you're highly intuitive or psychic or. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> what, all I was going to share was that the two things they'll say, they'll, they'll ask for unsolicited advice about they could just everything right do you get a hit what do you think but also i think one of my favorites is that look that people get there's a look it's not like there there's a look and it's it's a cross between skepticism judgment and curiosity thank you that's the third one yeah but we all know that look yes we do and then that leads to ooh. Personally, if I get to that place where I'm trying to prove or make a point that it's accurate and true, I know I've stepped over the line and that's not a good place to go. That, no. That's ego. That's not service. 
No. And that, and that's so hard. And sometimes when you are intuitive, it's hard to control that. I went to a small gathering of a, a group of girlfriends a couple of years ago, and there was a, a woman there I had, I'd never met before. And um, I kept getting this really strong message for her. And I just kind of pulled her aside and I told her what I did for a living. And I said, I'm getting this message. And is it okay if I pass it on? And, and she said, yeah, I, I guess so. I said, I feel like you had a, a loss recently, but that soul's coming back to you if you and your husband are open to it. And it turned out she had just had a miscarriage and wasn't sure if she was going to try again, but she really felt the strength of that message. And she got pregnant the next month and, and you know, thankfully had a healthy baby. But she told everyone at that group, you know, what happened. And now every time I go and see all those ladies, oh. I walk in, I swear they all turn and it's like, what are you feeling? What are you sensing? Do you have a mm. message for me? And like the weight of that, it was like that one time it happened because that soul really needed to say like, I'm coming back, mom. But uh, it doesn't happen every single time. And that's something I wish they, they would understand. Right. And there's countless, countless people have, have shared, I didn't get on the flight. I took a different route. That's another thing you can do to, to build your intuition is if you're in an unfamiliar town or city and you're trying to find an address, follow your guts. You're coming up to a, a stop sign or, or a traffic light. And see if you're drawn to go left or right and keep visualizing your end, like picture in your mind where you're supposed to go. If you're, oh, I'm looking for this store, or this building or this business and see if your intuition will. It's kind of your internal GPS. Your internal GPS, because when I get <laughs> lost, I get nervous and Me then too. my central nervous system gets stressed and then I can't hear or feel that internal GPS. So I'm so grateful for my cell phone's GPS. <laughs> but don't you know people who can do that? Yes. Yes. It's so like it's, magic. But that fits into with spirit or our own inner knowing is going to work whatever with the best way that we resonate. Whatever works best for us, they'll use those skills. So as mediums, we've always said whatever your experience, expertise or or base of knowledge is, they're going to use that to help bring through messages and they'll build on it. It's the same with your intuition. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's a, it's a powerful and amazing and beautiful gift when we learn to trust it and strengthen it and hone it and follow it. And so we've just touched the tip of the iceberg here, but if you listen to some of our older shows and some of our upcoming shows, we will definitely delve into more tips and techniques on how to develop your intuition um, and please remember to check out our websites because Denise and I constantly teach classes on how to develop your intuition and your mediumship. You can always find out more by going to samanthafay.com to access my upcoming events and to find out about Denise's wonderful work. You can go to thegratefulmessenger.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember as always to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.